bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. It's that time of the week again. Welcome to this latest edition of Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast. The very best rugby league chat on the airwaves and sponsored, as always, by our friends at Betfred. So, a week of blazing temperature here in the UK and to say that Super League is hotting up is an understatement. A breakaway at the top, an incredible race for places in the top six and a relegation battle that looks likely to go all the way down to the wire. So let's get on with it straight away by talking to Steve-O, who's 12,000 miles away in Australia. Now, look, Steve-O, it was damp and wet down there a week ago. <laughs> We're enjoying record heat here. Any change? Any change down there, first of all? No, it's still raining. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is 11 degrees this morning Oh. at, uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I must say that um, they do say that it's going to stop raining around about lunchtime. So that's a relief. Steve, oh, it's dreadful. It really is. 41 <laughs> degrees. It's Australian It's a record, heat. isn't it? It is. It, it's a record, isn't it? It's a, it that, is. that is amazing. Look, on with the chat. And first of all, I'm sorry, but we've got yet more sad news. Ricky Bybee, yeah. the Challenge Cup winner with both St. Helens and Wigan. That's almost unique, is that? Uh, he has passed away at the age of just 40. Every club he's played for, from the amateurs at uh, Lee East, where he started, right the way through to the Super League top brass, have paid tribute to him this week. Steve-O, this is absolutely tragic news, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, I can remember this youngster coming on to uh, coming onto the pitch and displaying absolute wonderful football ability. Uh, I, I thought that at that time he was destined to go right the way to the top. But at least it did have huge success, as you say, with both Wigan and St. Helens winning uh, the, uh, the the Wembley final. I'm afraid details still remain sketchy. He was found dead in an uh, Italian hotel room. The police are still in the midst of an investigation. But this is, is dreadfully, dreadfully sad news. Uh, he also played for Lee, Oldham and Wakefield. And as I say, he began his career at Lee East the amateur club in Lee. I mean, you, you just don't... You, you, you can't comprehend news like this at 40, can you? You just can't. No, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's such a, a tender age because it, he was a very, very good good footballer. And uh, it, it, as you say, Ed, it, it, it's so sad. So, so sad indeed. It's not an age. 40 years of age, awful. On behalf of both of us, to Ricky Bybee's friends and family, 
our deepest condolences. I'm sure you'll agree with that, Steve. I do. Rest in peace. Wigan, 60 points to nil winners against Hull. Bevan French, a new record, seven tries in a match. Leslie Vinicolo, Steve, got five, 2005. Shattered, shattered the record this weekend. Unbelievable. Seven tries in one game. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing. But the most amazing thing is 60 points to nil. I know. I, I, it, it, it stunned me. I, I thought that Hull was a lot better than that. It appears to me, especially in the second half, that you just they put the cue on the rack at 60 nil. Indication that that's exactly what they've done. And there must be a lot of pressure now for the whole coach. Well, I would think so, because this is the second time in three weeks that Hull have conceded 60. Leeds 62-16 winners at the KC Stadium the week before Magic. Then they went and beat Hull KR in Newcastle. And then they come up with this. I mean, Brett Hodgson must be scratching his head, for goodness sake. Well, let's face it. In the past, Hull, FC, they're quite happy to just sack their coach. Remember the last one, Ratford, they didn't even tell him. They <laughs> announced it live on television. I know. They're not the most patient up there. And, and as you rightly say, Lee Radford was the victim of that a couple of seasons ago. And um, he takes his Castleford team to Hull on Friday. How ironic is this? <laughs> no, not ironic. He's looking forward to it. He will have his team absolutely at the top of their performances. Castleford will go there not just to get two points, but to prove a point with Mr. Radford that he should sure. never have been sacked. And the way that he was sacked even makes it even more interesting in regards to the fact I'd love to be there to watch that game because Castleford will run out as though they are giants don't miss this this is a cracker you would think so you would think so and, and as I say um, Wigan with their big win against Hull at the weekend and St Helens despite playing with 12 men for an hour and then down to 11 at the end they were far too good for Huddersfield winning 25 points to nil who's going to stop Steve-O, who's going to stop Wigan and St Helens getting to Old Trafford this year? Probably uh, probably the atomic bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, you when you think about it, you assess about all those teams who perhaps we thought were going to be challengers. A couple of weeks ago, Eddie, we were talking about Huddersfield Giants as going to be uh, the team that's going to upset the top two. But after that result, I'm not so sure. It looks as though, to me, Wigan and St. Tellens have got it all tied up. It does. They look nailed on. They, they really do look nailed on. And Saints haven't lost at home this year. Their last defeat was in 2021 against Catalan at home. And surprisingly enough, Tommy Makinson was sent off that day when Saints went down. Now, Makinson is out of the side injured just now, along with Mark Percival. They look to see, look to miss a, a good while longer yet. Lewis Dodd out for the season, but nothing seems to stop the Saints at the moment. They're on a roll. Uh, not only on a roll, Eddie, uh, they have introduced young players coming through. 
they have got depth. And to have success in any sport, you have to have depth. Because it's inevitable that somewhere through the season, you're going to have one, two, three, four injuries. And if those injuries are the top stars, then you can struggle. But both Wigan and St. Helens, they go deep into their support group and they have got good players in the juniors, the junior ranks, and it's just a matter of all other clubs trying to copy the process that they do that. Look at Leeds. For years and years, they did that. They brought through their juniors. And for some unknown reason, over the past couple of seasons, um, they've had the ability to go overseas to get players when they really always have had a junior development situation. Um, that doesn't always work, but it seems to work now for Wigan and St. Helens. And they've been doing it for years. They don't just think about next season. Both these clubs think about three, four, five seasons ahead. That's what you've got to do. That's how you've got to manage the club. It's not always down to the coach for the success. It's also down to the managers, to the people that make the signings. That's what you've got to start looking at. Not two years ahead, five, six, seven years ahead. And that's what they do. They do. And uh, Sione Matautia, he escaped the ban last week. He, he played against Huddersfield. Then he goes and gets himself sent off. He lifts an injured player up off the ground after a tackle. So he's out for the next three now. So again, uh, here we go. Someone's going to have to come in and fill in for Matautia. Um I don't think they'll be too bothered about that, quite frankly, St. Helens. I think they've got, as you do, obviously, that they have reserves aplenty. They sure do. But, I mean, he's, he's a very, very talented player. Um, he, he must have had just a, a, a brainstorm because all of the players, that they are told, look, if someone's down on the floor, leave him. Don't touch him, including your own players. I've seen it over the many years where someone's gone there and they've tried to roll him over or whatever. Okay, if it looks as though he's, he's swallowed his tongue, that's the procedure to do it. But in the meantime, if someone is down injured, now a lot of people, a lot of players, they say, oh, well, they're feigning injury. You don't know. You're not a doctor. You're a rugby league player. Leave them alone. Let the specialists look after it. It's not it, it it's not easy because in the you know you you're all pent up and and you're in in that energy level and you think oh you you're just trying to milk a penalty but you don't know so please all the players just leave the man on the floor he may be feigning it yes but let's not take the gamble no it's a big risk there's no question about that Matautia was obviously frustrated, but you're right, you, you, you cannot do that. As well as Matautia being out, Morgan Knowles has got a one-match ban uh, also, so he misses this week as well. The, the, the St. Helens' depth is going to be uh, tested, there's no question of that. But um, Tui Lola here, he was missing for Huddersfield, but this was a baffling performance from the Giants, wasn't it? As you say, we had them as the bolters for Old Trafford last week. It's difficult to assess, isn't it? But sometimes the opening 10, 15 minutes, you can sometimes get a feel that the opposition 
have just got good position on the field of play. The kicking game's superb. You keep they keep forcing you back, and you get a, a negative inside your brain, and you think to yourself, "Oh, uh, they're going to be too good." And once that gets into the player's brain box, that's it. You're gone, as we've seen. You know, like you know, Hull losing sixty nil. Now you can never say about any player, any team, of saying they're not trying. But sometimes mentally, it can overtake you, and you think, "Oh, we're going to get hammered today." Well, Lee Radford, uh, who, as we've said, was a victim of uh, the whole hierarchy not being the most patient uh, a couple of seasons ago, he will be skipping as he takes his Castleford team into Hull on Friday. And talking of Castleford, I mean, they've got an injury list as bad as anybody. They had a host of players: Milner, Marmo, Truman, O'Brien, all missing, amongst others. At the weekend, yeah. Well, Red, uh, Redford well, Redford's got fourteen now. Steve, fourteen. <laughs> I know. If that's the case, then there must all be uh, eighteen players or or junior development. Uh, and sometimes you have to throw in these youngsters. They always say the best way to learn is to say, "There you go, go front, see what you can do." Well, is that the opportunity? And they're playing okay. They are very, very good coach team as well. And as, you, as, we, as we said before, don't miss this game. Please don't miss Because Radford, if they win, he will have a grin as wide from ear to ear. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know, and that's he what, will. And that's what sport's all about, isn't it? It, it? I just wish I could be there. Well, it will be a great game. There's no question about that. It'll be a great occasion. And, and I'd love to see Radford with a, a smile on his face. And that's taking nothing away from Holland and Brett Hodgson. But... Uh, you know, uh, Castleford were too good for another of the enigma sides of 2022. Warrington, three tries in 18 minutes for Cass at the start of the game. 23-0 up at half-time. Then after an hour, Chase Blair, he gets sent off. He misses the next two matches now. Warrington rallied. They threatened a big comeback, but Cass held out. Castleford, as we're saying, they look good for the players. Um, but what about Warrington, Steve-O? Ninth on the table, four points off the playoffs. Inconsistency has dogged them all year. I wonder, do you think their top six challenge is over now? Yep, finished. And when you look at the, the way that Powell is just like, I mean, he's got the axe out, hasn't he? He's cutting everybody away. Look, Cooper, uh, mm. he was supposed to go to Wigan in 2023. And they've released him early. And Powell has obviously, he's gone through every single player that is registered uh, at Warrington and said, well, I don't think that it, it is going to be for the future. And Powell has taken a huge risk. But it may pay off, Eddie. That may be the secret, that so many players at Warrington have been in a comfort zone where they don't want to go any higher. It happens. It happens with a lot of players, especially when they get a, a lot older. If I can do another season, if I can get another contract, that's that, that'll be fine, and maybe that will see me through. But Powell obviously says, "Well, I don't think I don't think that you, you can fit into what I want for this club, so you're gone." It's it's ruthless, Eddie, but sometimes you've got to do that. Well, that's true. It is it, it is ruthless. It has been ruthless. And the, the revolving door on the exit uh, from Warrington has been spinning for a while now. And people are saying this was a fairly bitter 
a fairly bitter parting of the ways for Mike Cooper and Warrington. That's a shame because he, he served them for a, a long, long time. But it, it, it's this has been Warrington's sixth consecutive defeat away from home. Daryl Powell has got to do something about it. There's no question about that. Well, I'm not saying that he's sat in a chair and saying, well, it'll all work out. Look, Powell's a good coach. He'll be working hard to make sure. But Powell is oft, obviously has said to himself, right, uh, I've got to look towards building this team. And the people that before him has had to build around experienced players, but experienced players also have one other objective. They get older. <laughs> <laughs> they get older and sometimes and most times never mind sometimes uh, some of these players when you get older listen I've experienced it you know when you've lost that bit of speed when you know you've lost that little bit of guile um, it, look it's cruel the coach says sits down with the management uh, I don't think that we need him for next year and that is obviously the way that he's thinking I mean if, if you were working for a company Eddie and another company comes along and says we'll give you more money or we'll give you better better facilities etc and so forth and you then go in and say look I, I hope you don't mind but uh, I'm finishing at the end of the season or, or my contract and they'll say well if that's the case we, we, do, we give the impression that perhaps you might not give 100% so we'd rather you go now and that looks to me as though that's what's happened with Cooper and Warrington Looks like it. Yeah, looks like it. We, we, we've already mentioned uh, Paul Ricky Bybee. Another of his former clubs is in deep, deep trouble, Steve-O. Wakefield, the bottom of the league, beaten by Hull KR at the weekend. They put up a creditable, a creditable display, apparently. But to lose one again for the third match in a row, beating Leeds 20 points to six. What a remarkable turnaround in fortunes this is. You know, Toulouse were it's dead and buried, weren't they? We thought they were dead and buried. Well, we did, and then all of a sudden, um, 38 degrees, 40 degrees, that's difficult to play in. You mentioned it four or five weeks ago, Eddie, that their only chance was, I think you said they had four own games right in the height of summer. Yeah. Now, would you imagine that Leeds could go to Toulouse and lose by 20 points to six? I wouldn't. And then all of a sudden, the heat wave hits, and it's a different situation. Now, there are only points difference over Wakefield. They've both got 10 points on the league table. But when you look at the fixtures that's coming up, you'd have to say that Toulouse has a far better chance to survive than Wakefield. And we mentioned it also the other week in regard, it would be ironic, wouldn't it? Because for the first time in many, many years, they're building a better stadium. They're upgrading the stadium. Yeah, this would is be a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it would be would be a shame to say, well, you know, welcome to the championship with a new with a, a, a built up stadium. But that's rugby league, that's sport. It is, it's a cruel business. Toulouse are not there yet. No, no, they're not. But they are at home again to yeah. Salford on Saturday. Then yeah. Hull they're home to them a week on Friday. They're both winnable for them. Wakefield face St. Helens this week. Then they've got the trauma of a local derby against Castleford. It could get very, very difficult for Wakefield over the next couple of weeks, couldn't it? It certainly should. But, uh, you know, <laughs> Salford 32, Catalan 6. I know. 
That, that indicates to me that Salford are on a high. So it won't be it won't be easy for Toulouse. No, it won't. It's a fascinating race to avoid the drop. Tom uh, Tom Johnson's played his last game for Wakefield, by the way. He was already on his way to Catalan next season. Injury has forced him out, so he misses the rest of the campaign. Uh, but um, for Wakefield, five games out of their remaining eight are against teams in the top four. They do have four home games uh, to come. Toulouse have only got three now at, at home. And Wakefield, well, 11 defeats in the last 13 games. If if Wakefield are to avoid the drop, if Toulouse keep this uh, run of form going, they've got to start playing. They've got to start playing quickly. Uh, easier said than done, Eddie. It's it's very difficult for a Wakefield side, and and psychologically, they're at the bottom. They know that they're on the verge of the drop. That's not good good for morale. But you never know in this in this game of rugby league, but you'd have to you'd have to say that Toulouse are favourites with uh, with the weather situation. Imagine for the next oh, five or six weeks down in the south of France, going to be boiling. I mean, it's boiling in England. Yes, it'll be even hotter in the south of France. It is hotter in the south of France. There's no question about that. Listen, if the Great Escape happens, okay, Toulouse coach Sylvain Houlez. Doesn't he almost deserve to be named Coach of the Year? We've been saying for a minute one this year, they've got no chance of survival. If he keeps them in Super League, has anyone done a better job than him? No. Uh, I, I, it'd get my vote. Simple as that. In regards to the fact we didn't think that they had a team good enough to survive. But they're showing that they are. And I mean, it, it's all about in a situation where is it the quality of the players or is it the determination of the players I think latter I think the determination is something that Hules has got and said look no one's given us a chance no one has given us one heck of a chance of surviving and that has brought the team together far more than the quality of the players they are desperate they are determined and I think good because you know it's not always about the top teams who's going to finish first second or whatever you know the the relegation situation um, that's why I've always said in Australia you know they should have the relegation but they don't they just say you get the wooden spoon simple as that but you survive uh, they do not have promotion and relegation in Australia I just love that situation. I mean, I remember one particular game. Remember uh, Wakefield Castleford, uh, yes. which team lost? Uh, they were gone. They were down. Yes, it was a wonderful occasion. I mean, uh, I know that we could be accused of celebrating mediocrity in the fact that the team that finishes eleventh doesn't go down. The team finishing twelfth does. But I know exactly what you mean. It's heart-stopping stuff, isn't it? I mean, and it's cruel as well. It is absolutely cruel as well because, you know, jobs careers uh, coaches clubs stadium yeah. developments all on the line with, with a defeat yeah. you, down you go and oh hello where are we going from here yeah it, it's very very difficult and uh, even more so it's, it's even more difficult than to finish top in the premiership and come back into Super League but let's not forget that at the bottom of the table that battle I remember we talk about that Wakefield Castleford game 
they had their largest attendance. They did. You're right. And that, that, that gives you some indication that, you know, give the fans something to grab hold of, then we'll go. Oh, it's desperate. We must go. And I remember making the quote um, and, and saying to you, Eddie, uh, where were all these fans when they needed more support? Not for the last game of the season, but why weren't they there all the way through the season? And the answer is very, very simple. They haven't been playing well. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it, it's a sad state of affairs. What also, to me, listen, this is only a personal opinion, right? I think it's a sad state of affairs that Leeds have announced to lose playing well, OK? The prop forward, Justin Sangare, playing well. French international prop forward. He's going to join Leeds Rhinos for two years next year. You know, is there any coincidence in this announcement that Sean Long, Leeds assistant coach, is also the assistant coach to France for the forthcoming World Cup? He's obviously seen Sangare up close, but isn't it a pity that a club like Leeds, you indicated earlier, they've got such junior talent, such connections in the local uh, leagues, that outstanding development programme for the youth. They've got to go and pillage a struggling Super League club fighting for its very survival. I think it's a shame. I really do. Well, I agree. It is a shame. But do you think Leeds are worried about that? No, not at all. Uh, no. it, it's just a, a situation we spoke about it in regards to the fans, you know, halfway through the season. Oh, he's going there. He's going here. He's gone. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I've always said that the Rugby League, both here in Australia and in the UK and uh, in France, that there should be some limit as to when you announce that you're going, etc. and so forth. Um, they, they, they've got to start recognising that the fans are important, but money is more important than anything. Simple as that. You can't blame uh, this youngster wanting to get a bigger, better contract. But as you say, every club is wanting to poach. They don't. Yes. They don't care, Eddie. They, no, it's I know. A, it, it's as if that you know. Well, look, I, I'm I'm putting millions. I'm supporting this. Uh, I, I, I'm the chairman. I want. I want success. I've done well in business. That's the reason why I want to become chairman, etc. And so forth. They don't want to be, you know, fighting on relegation. They want to be up there, and you can't blame them. It's called success. They don't care, Eddie. No, I know it's a brutal, it's a brutal business. It really is. Um, I'm, I'm just sad though that Toulouse seem to be on the the up, and now we know that uh, Sangare will not be there next year. He'll be at Leeds, and who knows? He might be facing Toulouse in the Super League next year. As, as still in France, Catalan Dragons. What on earth has happened to them? They're suddenly doing it tough. Another defeat, 32-6 at Salford at the weekend. Now look, Tom Davis, Michael McAlora, Mike. McMeekin, Gil Dudson, among others, all missing from their squad. Matt Whitley now faces a long layoff. Julian Busquet has another serious injury problem. Potentially Ben Garcia. He almost lost an ear in a tackle, apparently, at the Magic Weekend, which makes me, oh, uh, you know, my toes curl at things like that. But things suddenly aren't going all that well in Perpignan, are they? No. Injuries, once again is a problem, especially at this time of the of the season. You have to expect them. 
I don't know about your toes curling, Eddie. It should have been your ears that was curling. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I it, can't curl. I can't curl my ears, Stephen. <laughs> it's an amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing thing uh, about our game of rugby league. It, it's that that there's always problems that can just come upon you. Uh, and sadly, how many times have we seen a final, a grand final, a, a Challenge Cup final, where two of the players, their best players, are injured, and because of that, they don't win the trophy. It's sometimes a look of the draw, and that, as I instigated earlier in regard to the fact, you know, you've got to have a lot of depth in the team, not just 13 players. You've got to have at least 26, 30 good players, not just average players, but good, solid players. Not many teams can afford to get that. All that said, this is a season that started with so much promise, all talk of a possible new name on that Super League trophy at the end of the year. As we said at the start of this, it looks like Wigan and St Helens again will be at Old Trafford, barring a major catastrophe in both of their camps. We, the game, Steve, the Super League competition does not seem to be making progress in terms of getting new faces at the big games. Money, money, money. Simple. Top clubs have more money top clubs get bigger crowds therefore more revenue top clubs attract more investors simple if you've got the money you can get the team it is a business fair enough I mean that's the Super League then uh, what's happening down there in Australia listen I've got a question for you okay who in earth is this Victor Radley who's declared himself an Englishman ahead of the World Cup. This was pronounced as a massive piece of news, earth-shattering stuff, prior to the game last weekend on Sky. Now, I must confess, I'm not an aficionado of everything that goes on in the NRL, but who on earth is Victor Radley? When I heard his name, I thought he was the guy who made the handbags and the purses. Victor Radley, Steve-O, <laughs> enlighten me, please. Listen, Victor Radley is a second-row forward for the uh, Eastern Suburbs Roosters. He is a very solid, hard character, a good player. His father was born in Sheffield, and during an interview, he said, I'd love to play for England. And I think he was more referring to the fact that it would be great for my father, who is from Sheffield, that if I pulled on a, an England jumper. Well, the media have gone overdrive. Radley for England. Radley will appear in the World Cup, etc., etc. The websites have gone absolutely crackers over it. Now, if he does play for England, it will be classified, right, as an associate international. So in other words, he can play for Australia and he can play for New South Wales in the state of origin. Now, if he did pull on the England jersey, then he could no longer play for Australia or play for New South Wales. You're joking. Now, Brad Fittler has made it quite clear. He's selected Victor Radley to the off-season state of origin training camp which they do just before Christmas. Now, that gives you some indication that 
the New South Wales coach thinks that Victor Radley is good enough one day to play for New South Wales. And Radley has come out and said, look, uh, you know, it's it's been blown out of all proportion. Um, I will be at that training uh, for New South Wales, for the state of origin, and I want to play for New South Wales. So, as I say, the media, once again, have gone absolutely crackers over it. It's the same in England. Uh, grab a story and then multiply it by 10 and it, it ends up on the back page or on all the websites, etc. and so forth. And on uh, Sky, Steve-O, it was, it was, it was earth-shattering news. Victor Radley is going to play for England in the World Cup. I thought, who on earth? What are we talking about here? Because Sean Wayne has always... He hasn't dismissed this idea out of hand, by the way. But well, he's he always he, said... He, but he won't, Teddy. He, he won't turn round and say... Uh, and cut the cut the lad's opportunity and just say, that's it. But I, I think, once again, that the media sort of turned it around. And he would have said, look, I'm always interested in, in, a, in a good player, etc. and so forth. But the biggest explosion comes because the attitude of the Australian players and the Australian fans is that Victor Radley or Harry Bloggs or Willie Thompson, it doesn't matter what name it is, if he's playing NRL in Australia, then of course he's got to be selected for England. How on earth can they leave him out? Well, we do have quite a few good players that play in England. Never mind picking someone from Australia. I was up in arms when they picked two Australians, when, when Bennett took the Great Britain side down, down to New Zealand. And I'm thinking to myself, why have we picked Australians? Well, I think Sean Wayne is off the same page, or has been, but he does say about this Radley situation that he is always open to selecting players who want to represent their English heritage and so Radley now comes into the mix. But I'll throw a couple of names at you, Steve-O. Well, I'll throw three. Morgan Knowles, Mike McMeekin, Liam Farrell. And they're off the top of my head. I've not given it any thought at all. Is Radley as good? Is Radley better than those three? No. Well, there you go. But you, but you might say is as good. Now, that's the difference. Now, I reckon... I ring that the England coach has also been uh, misinterpreted in regards to saying that I'm always open to it. Look, all the way through it, he's made it certain that nobody is out of contention. And I think this is just another, shall we say, another coin into the pond and letting everybody know that I may change my mind. I may go for the likes of Victor Radley. So that, maybe, is something to inject more enthusiasm into the UK players to lift their game. He's always said, everyone has got a chance. I will select the players that are playing at the top of their ability for the World Cup. And he's every right to do that. And I hope he doesn't waver from that. But maybe the media, once again, has just stretched it out into a bigger story than what it is. Well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see how it all pans out. There's a long well, way. It won't, it, a it, lot it, of look, water to run under the bridge. 
Eddie, I've already just explained that it, it, he has made it. Victor Radley has made it quite clear he wants to be coached by Fittler with a chance to play at next State of Origin series in 2023 rather than go to the World Cup for England. It was more of a throwaway line, this is my opinion, when he said, my father's English, I'd love to play for England. In other words, I'd love to give my father something to be proud of. Well, everyone well, wants to do the right thing by their dads, don't they? I understand that, but you know. Yeah, of, of, of course. But, but as I say, <laughs> ta-da, ta-da, trumpets out, drums are banging, the media are on the roll. All right. Well, the media's oh, bless on the them. roll. Hey, bless them, bless them, Eddie. We <laughs> we did a few years together on the media roll, didn't we? We did, but we never told lies. <laughs> we never. What? <laughs> we, never... <laughs> we never told lies. <laughs> oh. oh, maybe the odd fib. Well, but the... well, you did. You did. You always bent the truth. You got in so much what? trouble with so many coaches. I know one in particular. You got in so much trouble with so many coaches because of you bending the truth. You did. You can't deny that. So you know you're being a poacher turned gamekeeper now. Uh, sorry, I, I, I think I've lost you, Eddie. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got you back now. Listen, talking of talking of Australia, um, uh, you're talking of, of a bit of sad news. Uh, George Burgess, uh, he has not played for St George Illawarra uh, since May first, and it has now come out that he has entered a rehabilitation facility to oh. deal with personal issues. Oh dear. Dear me, and uh, and that just also indicates to a lot of players, a lot of fans, that you know playing at the top level, at a professional level, um, the pressure can get to you. Look, no statement has come out as to what the problem is, but when you go into a rehabilitation facility, it's it's obviously something that he has to work hard to overcome, and let's hope that he does. And the other one, Eddie, is that um, amazingly, Penrith beat West Tigers 18-16 when they rested all seven of their state of origin players. The club made it quite clear that they didn't want any of those top players to actually attend the game. They said, look, have a break get away from rugby league and have a rest so so clear his son Nathan took it upon himself to say oh okay so he booked himself a trip to Bali yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a lot of Austra young Australians do dad says I can go away for a week and off he goes to Bali good on him well, that's fantastic, Steve. It sounds like Penrith are really, really managing their players for the run-in to the end of the season. Good on them. And I bet Bali is glorious for Mr. Cleary and company. Now then, anything else before we go? Well, a little bit of sad news, Eddie, in, in regards to the fact that two youths have been identified um, for being responsible for sending death threats to the Parramatta player Mitchell Moses and his family oh. death threats and the police are investigating they found the two youths um, it's come to a stage now where last weekend Moses 
had to have a police escort into the ground and also will have a police escort and his family into the ground this weekend. What on earth has come to this? I know, it's just it's just crazy. We started off with the news about poor Ricky Bybee uh, and we're ending up on another bit of a, a downer. But uh, hey, I'm sorry to say that's the world in which we live at the moment. Now look, next week, uh, you're having a, a, a bit of a breather and so we won't be talking to you on the podcast, but I will be talking to a best-selling author who has got three crime novels out based on the sport of rugby league. It's all fictitious, of course, but it's they are great reads, and we'll be telling you all about him uh, next week. And um, so, in that means, Steve, well, you take you take it easy. You put your feet up. Uh, you have a mid-season break, and we'll see you in a fortnight's time. How's that? Take care, top man. 